Moncrief on News Talk. It is time for Tell Me Why, and like every week at this time, Graham Finley joins on News Talk to answer a question that has perplexed our listeners. Today's question is Why do we say green with envy? Join, Graham joins us now on the line. Graham, how are you today? Not bad. How are you today? Very well indeed, Graham. Very well indeed. All better talking to you. So, so green with envy. Um, what's all that about? It is. A, it's a funny sort of set of connotations. So, and what's really interesting about it is it's mostly coming to us from Shakespeare. I mean, half the time when we're talking, we're quoting Shakespeare, and and he talks about the green-eyed monster, and uh, and and you know this this sort of connection uh, with jealousy and envy, uh, which are different things. It, it, it's important to say. Um, but those go back, the references in Shakespeare go back to the Greeks, and, um, and there's this long, long history of, of people referring to it as a, envy as a sort of medical condition, as well as arguably the worst of the seven deadly sins. So the problem, so envy, um, you know, is, is a terrible thing, to, is a terrible state to be in, and it really literally consumes you. And so the envious are always portrayed as really gaunt, as if they're just, you know, eating themselves up. Right, and, and really hollow um, with, with awful colored skin. And, and green is not a great color if, 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 if it's your skin. Um, and it was thought by the ancients, so it's, it's associated with jealousy even by Sappho in one of her classic poems, um, or actually in Catullus's take on Sappho's classic poem. But anyway, you know, it's, it's not a great color, and, and it seems to be associated with jaundice. Uh, which uh, can affect the color of the whites of your eyes and your skin. Now, it's mo- we're mostly associated with being yellow if you have jaundice, but it also you can take your skin can take on a greenish hue. And the ancients thought that this was because of an excess of certain kinds of bile. Now, bile is in fact green when it oxidizes. This is uh, something your liver puts out to help you digest things and so forth. Um, it's it's normally yellow orange. Um, and green when it oxidizes, and together they make brown, which is why your poo is brown. Anyway, that's the real life, the real um, world of bile. But the Greeks and, and ancient medicine, all the way well up into the modern era, saw, thought about different kinds of, of colors of bile: black bile, yellow bile, and and they thought an excess of those bile of, of those biles or of those humors in the body would lead to melancholy or other emotional states like envy. Um, and it's really important when we're talking about emotions to realize they're not just feelings, but they, they have a whole relationship to the world. So you're only envious if there's somebody else who has something you want and it causes you pain. Uh, and, and so while it's a medical condition, it's also about your social relationship to the people around you. Right. I can't help suspect that there's never a time when something doesn't have something that you really want. So uh, that, That's true, but if you is... have a healthy relationship to that, then you're not envious, right? You know, it's, it's not you just wanting things, it's you being mad that, or, or pained by the fact that someone else has it, right? So. Right. Okay, right. Um, well, envy's been at the center of things for a long time, but the color green has just been, normally in psychology and, and everywhere in nature, green is a really cool color. Yeah, no, that's right. And actually, the rest of the question is about why are we slagging off the color green in this way? And, and that's, a, that's, that's what brings out how local this idea of, of envy being uh, green uh, you know, is. So the Spanish would say so-and-so is black with envy, which goes back to the idea of black bile. Um, and, and so whereas green is an incredibly positive color, um, there's a reason hospitals are green. Uh, it's because it's, it's 
less austere than the white they used to be painted up. And this is something which happened during World War I. They really converted a lot of the colors in hospitals over to green. It's calming. It's associated with fertility and spring. Um, it's, it's a very, very positive color. Uh, and it's only really associated with these negative connotations in, in the sort of the Western European tradition and maybe the English-speaking tradition. So people in, in the Middle East and in East Asia don't have this whole language of, of green being an unhealthy color um, and, and being a negative sort of color. Um, but, but Lissa, who asked the question, you know, points out that evil witches are, are green. You know, Shrek yeah. and Fiona are seen as ugly because they're green. green. I mean, it's, 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 it's the color of a monster. Uh, whereas, you know, this uh, association really isn't present in, in other cultures. Um, and again, it seems to have just sort of crept in on us slowly. But I think it goes back to the politics of envy um, which which hangs over it again. Shakespeare's influence is is tremendous, but you recall that in in Othello, jealousy, which is is being worried about losing something you already have, as opposed to envy, which is something which is about getting something you don't have. Um, you know, Othello murders his wife and sort of brings down the entire state through jealousy, and and similarly, envy is just a, an incredibly negative um, emotion. And and so this rivalry over things is what makes makes it such a problem, and 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 was seen as a particular threat by by Greeks, where the rivalries between you know different individuals in a in a state could really destroy it. Um, so I don't know why other cultures um, have have not had these concerns because they're all concerned about envy, but they don't blame it on poor old green. Um, again, green is the color of Islam because of the the sort of the the plants which will be there in paradise. Uh, green is um, uh, an incredibly popular color in, uh, in again, in East Asia. And it's seen as it, it has this psychologically soothing effect on you. I mean, if you put a, if you put yourself in a green room, you know, all these environments where you want people to remain calm, you know, middle schools or primary schools, you know, they, they often have these pastel shades of green because it actually genuinely will calm you down. Right. Uh, to talk a bit about envy, because envy seems to be such a fascinating thing and has fascinated man for such a long time. Um, philosophers have concerned themselves with envy and the effect on us since, since, since there has been philosophy, isn't it? Yeah, and again, it's because it uh, it just it makes you do things. Now, there, there's talk about whether there's benign envy and not so benign envy. So, benign envy is one where you um, you you envy someone for having some good thing, uh, but instead of trying to take it away from them, you you try to emulate them and become like them, and so you'll achieve it yourself. And that's a that's a profound sort of uh, point which inhabits Christian philosophy, Islam, and and so forth. I mean, the Saint Paul says that we should rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, which is, if you can think about it, a, a really positive relationship to the people around you. You you're happy about other people's good fortune, and you're sad about other people's bad fortune. Um, and and a lot of Greek philosophy has been about managing our responses to good and bad fortune. But um, so what's really wrong with the bad kind of envy is you instead of you know being happy for someone who has has something you you would rather they not have it and you not have it than uh, that they have it and you don't and that seems to be making the world worse and, and and so when you when you have that reaction you know 
one question is, why would you have that reaction? Well, partly, you only envy people you're in competition with, um, people you see yourself as on a parallel with. So people have said, look, beggars never envy billionaires. They only envy other beggars who have slightly better conditions. And so some people have even suggested that egalitarianism, or dare I say it, communism is about uh, is all based in envy. You know, it's about dragging people down rather than um, leveling people up. Right. It's, you know, it's like seeing some people right. doing well in our capitalist society and wanting to take it away from them. Now, this seems like a, a problematic sort of charge. You could you could want everybody to enjoy what what the best off people have. And you might see it as unjust that some people don't have enough while some people have a superabundance. But this, you know, this just shows you how incredibly um, sort of powerful it is seen and how negative an emotion it's seen. Now, I mean, you can even reduce this to sort of economics. Um, an envy-free distribution is one where no one prefers somebody else's sort of allotment in it, right? So there's, there's no envy. Everyone's happy with what they've got. Those are very hard distributions to achieve, but you could see how that would lead to a more stable society if everyone was happy with what they had. But we're never going to reach that phase. I'm, I have to say, I'm very taken by the beggars do not envy millionaires, they envy other beggars. And um, that means radio presenters envy other radio presenters and philosophy professors probably envy other philosophy professors, right? Um, I think there's, so, there probably is something to that. I mean, people are very particularly envious about things they, they feel they deserve, right? So, you know, I, yes. I don't envy you your, your um, I don't know, access to the airwaves, right? <laughs> uh, but, but I might envy people who, who publish better or have bigger grants or a bigger office than me. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, there is also the, the, the word schadenfreude, which is uh, harm joy. And that, that's, I don't know what that reflects on us. I mean, that is looking at other people and taking pleasure in their misfortune. That It is tied to envy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the Germans have a word for everything, as you know, and it is sort of like the, the raw hit of envy, right, of that, that pleasant feeling you experience when you see someone you would like to see um, have a comeuppance, get their comeuppance. Now, again, that can come from various things. I think, you know, I think we've all probably experienced schadenfreude at various points. That's why we, we love using that German word. Um, yeah, if we went around talking about harm joy, people just look at us. It's not good. Think, but, uh, yeah, but, it's not you good. Know, but, you know, I, I like to think that even though I've, I have many vices, I only try to experience schadenfreude for people who really have it coming, right? So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, but of course I would say that, right? We all try to rationalize maybe our really nasty attitudes, our desire to, to for bad things to happen to people, which like aren't ultimately just aren't a good way to look at the rest of the world. And we should really try and minimize that as, as yeah. all of these ancient um, and religious uh, thinkers have suggested. But, you know, and so this is another question about envy. You know, is it the same thing as resentment? And that seems to be what's behind this charge that somehow it's behind, um, envy is behind egalitarianism, which is that, right. you know, it's really about resenting people for, for something. And that can bring things into um, a different perspective. So if you think that someone is actually harming you or harming society or um, that some kind of arrangement is unjust, then of course you're going to like it when sort of evil, you know, sort of even evil millionaires uh, fly to the Yukon, hypothetical example, to to yes. take uh, vaccines off um, indigenous people. You know, you might in enjoy watching them get their comeuppance because they really are undermining the sort of solidarity which we need at this time. So, so um, and we do again, need envy, 
Yeah, I mean, we can dress up our envy, perhaps, uh, and maybe that's what I'm doing, as all sorts of other nobler emotions. But the, the purely negative envy is, is really seen as extremely destructive. And some people have said that, and that's like, because like, unlike all the other deadly sins, there's no fun whatsoever in envy. It's just pure pain. Whereas even anger and pride, not to mention lust and greed and things like that, you know, all have some positive experiences attached to them, whereas envy is just pure pain. And, and, and there's, <laughs> in the case of the bad thing, there's nothing you can do about it except for wishing that someone else is going to have something bad happen to them. Right. We better be honest, though, and admit that we all feel a little bit of envy. And it is trying to keep a lid on it, isn't it? That's, that's what we need to learn. And, you know, we take comfort in stuff like seeing hedge fund managers and thinking they probably aren't happy and they've sacrificed their entire lives to achieve this financial reward. And at the end of the day, they're going home empty, unhappy people. Those We need those things to cling on to, don't we? We do. And I think that's actually a really good point. And again, you know, we have all these coping mechanisms to deal with things which, you know, again, yeah, we, we, we compare ourselves to other people. Uh, and if we're in a capitalist society and we're relatively well off in a capitalist society, we do see that some people are making hundreds of millions of euro or dollars out of what may or may not contribute to the real economy. That's why people experience so much schadenfreude surrounding this whole GameStop, you know, shorting episode where a, a hedge fund, which wasn't contributing anything to anybody's well-being, not employing anybody, not, you know, making anything real, you know, was, as, as many people will know, practically bankrupted by a bunch of people who decided they weren't going to let them crush mm. poor old GameStop. So, you know, we do, you know, in a capitalist economy, some people have said that it's greed that, that, that drives the economy. And without envy, which is sort of the flip side of, you know, another related vice to greed, we wouldn't put ourselves out there to get up in the morning and, 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 and try and do whatever we do. But uh, again, I'd like to think that we can we could have an economy, we could have a relationship to society where we don't experience all these negative emotions, at least in their negative forms. I mean, we realize okay. that we, we, we have to do things to survive uh, and we have to make our way in this capitalist economy. But at the same time, we don't have to do it in a way where we just see ourselves as relentlessly pitted against each other. But instead, maybe we can work together and everybody can can have a decent chance to, to, to make it. And I think it's, it's striving to eliminate all of those negative preferences, which are often negative attitudes, which are ways of coping with all these disparities. Yeah. Like, again, suggesting that somebody else is unhappy um, as a way of making yourself feel better. Yes. Um, getting away from those negative emotions and trying to, to build up the positive ones. Right. Gratitude and humility. They're the ones I want. Um, Graeme, thank you very much for that, as always. Um, if you have a question and you want Graeme to answer, email afternoonnewstalk.com and you can listen back uh, on the website as well. After the break, a vaccine that cover, could cover us for every coronavirus ever. Moncrief on News Talk.